Hi, I'm Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. I have just finished interviewing Catherine Lopez. Catherine Lopez is the head of AI for Me Bank, a bank here in Australia. And we first met when she was head of AI for AGL, AGL being an energy company here in Australia. And she hosted an event at AGL for Lean in Melbourne. It was my first event with Lean in Melbourne and we were both speakers for that event. I will make a link to the video uh, of both of us uh, speaking so that you can have a look and listen to us talking about confidence and personal development. But today I interviewed Catherine about her profession and her involvement with data science and data scientists and all of the work that she does mentoring and supporting that amazing community. She has worked for very large organizations. She has um, been an academic, done her PhD, and um, worked in different countries, and has an amazing day-to-day working not only for MeBank, but also for her three startups, one of them being a social enterprise at a Stripe that she has just set up to support women that are data scientists and want to advance in their careers. So if you are one of them, please make sure that you uh, link to Addis Tribe and start participating in their events wherever you are in the world. Everything is virtual these days, as you know. But Catherine also posts regularly on LinkedIn and provides a lot of um, great content that is quite unique and original because as a data scientist, uh, she's always collating data and posting about the data that she collates. And many of them are to do with careers in data science. So if this is something of interest to you, if you are a data scientist yourself, or if you have any interest in data and you might want to reskill um, and um, understand how to work with data scientists, how to manage them, uh, work alongside them, or become one of them, I think Catherine Lopez is someone you should follow and definitely listen to this podcast. And If there is anything that I can do for you once you listen to this podcast to support you in your career transition, in your job hunting, please don't hesitate to contact me. You can follow me wherever you found this podcast. This podcast will be a video as well, so you can see us on YouTube and on my blog, or you can listen to us as you always do on iTunes, Spotify, and again on my blog. Keep in touch, follow, subscribe, give me a review. I'd love to get more reviews. It will certainly help others like you find this podcast. And good luck with your job hunting. But for now, here's Catherine Lapis. Yes. How have you been? Are you working from home? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm working from home. So this You don't have to go into MeBank. You can work from home. Um, I have been going for once a week. Okay. Um, but this time when the second, you know, the second round, they started this, um, grid, like stage three. So yeah. from there, I'm, I didn't go, but uh, maybe next week I go there okay. one time. So nice to see you. I know. Me too. Yeah. yeah I, was so ex- I am so excited. And I finally, something is for a change. <laughs> <laughs> and like Leo was like, Oh, finally, you wash your hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't washed mine, as you can tell. It's in a ponytail for a reason. <laughs> but it looks good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we haven't really, you know, tried anything, but I'm feeling exhausted even by working from home. Yeah, me too. I don't know yeah. why, because I, I'm doing less and less and I'm still tired. Oh, we're doing, uh, I mean, Leo and I, we both were doing, I think, much more than, um, much more than before. It's like never stops. So from morning, 8 o'clock, 
yeah. that until midnight you would just say you're working constantly. Yeah, you're right. I'm always thinking about work. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm always thinking about. Yeah, I think for us, it's basically it's not to say thinking about it. It's it's the volume of work. Yeah, but for the podcast, yeah. we need to talk about about you and your career. Oh, I read your questions. Every single one is really good, and、oh, I have, good. yeah,、okay. I have, I don't have anything else. I think a lot of topics you put it there.、Um, you, there's some question you asked me in the,、uh, like, say, what social media thing you want to promote, and now I do want to promote the Adas Tribe. So we officially launched the Adas Tribe now. What、It's, is it、uh, called, Adas? Oh, Ada, 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 Ada Lovelies. You. Ada, my my daughter's name, right? Ada's, Ada's tribe. tribe. Yes, okay. Ada's okay. tribe, and um, so this is a, a community for f-、uh, supporting female in data science and analytics. Okay, do you have a website? Well, well how are you? Yeah. So we are building a website, and about、yeah. we already soft launched with a group of people. We got all the volunteers, and we ran first a session already, and then the second session we're coming up as a meetup. Is on a、um, job interview.、Um, I was thinking about to actually, so we maybe make it as a series, like、uh-huh. a series. So、um, you know, for you, I, I was hoping actually, I didn't contact you early on. I'm hoping if you can come as one of our speakers. So we have three、oh. right now, and John Bella. I hope you can do the one as a senior level. So, okay. Yeah. So they. Other, there are,、uh, you know, different stage of the yeah. career. Yeah,、so. of course, I would say yes. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we got really good feedback. You know, like、uh, I didn't. So even we soft launched about twenty people together. Then immediately we got so many people reached out, say, "Well, how are we going to join?" And、um, I said, "Okay, let's roll it out." Yeah, of course. No, I'm happy to do it. Just send me the day.、Mm-hmm. Now,、awesome. talking about leaders, let's talk、yeah. about you. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get where you are now, as head of AI of a major bank in Australia, with two、um, startups going, plus a what Adas Tribe is a social enterprise going? You you do so much. Tell tell the listeners of this podcast how. You got to the stage where you are now. Well, I think for me, I do think where I am now is through a combination of you.、Um, first of all, hardworking. So that's work ethic, and that's having. I think this is from I have been taught by、um, my parents. And also people who I grew up, or the society, the community I grew up with, and the hardworking work ethics. But that didn't. That's alone won't lead me to where I am. Is where you love, you find something you love to do. Where and at beginning perhaps is not at beginning of your career, and you not necessarily know exactly where you want to go. But something will click, and during your study and during your working experience. So then, for me, is like from beginning, and、um, I have been working in the area where、um, in the data, where I find really interesting. This is a combination of many skills and keep me keep learning. So this is a part where、um, is you need、um, the gas, but you also need the motivation. So you need the gasoline to keep you going, and you need the motivation to keep you going further and further, right? So I think this is a part where、um, I am、um, went through the journey from studying the data, then working with the data. And also work in different domains and different environments, or, or let's say different industries. So you、yeah. will find somewhere you like. And、um, I think、uh, you make a milestone of a goal of you challenge yourself as well. So like I like to challenge myself, and with basically you set a goal, what you have done and what you want to do, and you achieve it. Then is that enough? And、uh, for me, it's not enough. 
So that's where um, from academia and move to industry, then juggle between these, these two. Then when I was formally settled down in industry, and you, I see myself in the same pattern, and I went to consulting, and I went to, um, that's on the software industry, and I went to in-house of building um, business and using data. So I think this is a pattern of what I observed to myself, mm-hmm. what I'm doing. So then uh, after the 20 years, and then say, um, I, that I find, well, entrepreneurship is something part of I, I, I find it is in me, how I do things. You, some people call agile way. But for me, I haven't really engaged into the startup and I was always curious about it. So that's where actually I challenged myself one more step and then go, went out my Zoom. And um, that's where I had started with the two. Well, I, what I think is super impressive about you, and I'd love to hear how you do it. Um, a lot of people wonder how others do what they do, but you are so hardworking and you, do, and you, pack, you manage to pack so much. How do you actually um, manage your time and, and decide what you're going to spend your energy on and what you're not going to spend your energy on? And I think this is important for this reason. Um, I see clients of mine and people in my community of followers focusing 150% on their jobs and giving 150% on their jobs, but they never seem to be able to step away to focus on their career, step away to focus on applying for a promotion or applying for another job. So you seem to be uh, very good at identifying where to spend your energies to advance, and it comes naturally to you. So how do you do that? Actually, I won't take that as come naturally to me <laughs> because I think I learned. Um, I was definitely one of the kind of person you're talking about. So mm-hmm. I give more than 100%, that's for sure. And um, if I could, and, um, so um, that's, I remember when I was doing my PhD at that time, and they, uh, other people call me 7-Eleven, you know, so, so they never see me, uh, you know, always before 7 and after 11. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and I think this is about you uh, accumulate enough uh, quantity that you turn the, you make the change. So I was one of these people, actually myself perhaps is now just to be more conscious and compared to before is I am, I can do things and I will just keep my head down and constantly and do the thing, but don't think step a few steps ahead. And so that's what later on. Um, so there is a combination. Um, one of my uh, kind of mentor, um, or when I got trouble, right? I got into trouble and, uh, and uh, I, I got into trouble and uh, I had a frustration and said, what I'm doing wrong or what I want, where do I want to go? And so um, one thing uh, my mentor told me, say, you have to, you work hard, but you have to um, keep your, not always keep your heads down and you have to keep your heads up as well. So look around where you are now and think, you know, stop for a moment. Stop for a moment. I think for me, what's really pause and stop for a moment. Think, is that what you're working on? Uh, it's on the direction towards your goal. So that is, I think, this is really helped me, um, not in terms of manage the time, because time management is a different set of skill, but strategically and um i I have never actually think about it this is a strategy but now i'm thinking more and more i think um, many of your um listeners or and many people there maybe you should think about it um you know what where do you want to go and are you what are you doing is this what you're doing will contribute or make um any step towards where you know, your goal is, of course, the, the situation could change dramatically, just like the COVID-19. 
no yeah. matter how, how hard you're working or mm. I, you design a really good strategy, things happen. And you've got to be flexible. So sometimes I think it's you drive, sometimes and the environment drive you. Yes. What I like about the way that you position yourself is even though you're doing all these different things, they're all very consistent. They're all aligned and they're adding to your brand as a specialist in AI, data analytics, data. So every time that you participate in something new, it's still very much around your expertise. And when I see your LinkedIn, all your posts are also aligned with your expertise. And I think that uh, it makes it easier for people to know um, how to connect with you and what to contact you for if they need help they know that they can come to you for your expertise so why don't you explain to the listeners your expertise and how important that is in this world post-covid well i think uh, let's put it that way if you read this, uh, there are a lot of articles talking about the companies now trying to build their employees into a t-ship so i think that is i learned the t-ship um, early on, not to say early on in my career, but in mid of my career, I understood that is uh, the way I want to build my career is along where I love the most and where I can contribute the most. But in the meantime, of course, you have to build a horizontal bar where it gives you the exposure, right? Exposure. However, you do need to have a T, which is the depth. When you have your depths, where that's for me is for, I'll call, I am an end-to-end -end data and analytics professional. And so I went through from the end of understand the business problem related, translated to the data problem. And you can process the data, then you can engineer the data, you can push it out. So that is a T where at everywhere the bigger data this space is really broad there covers a lot of touch on the technology touch on the business and the last 10 years i have focused on my building the t which is after um i find that where is most out of the entire spectrum in data space the fascinating from thing topic for me is still in the data science data science itself is already very very broad and you can apply any different angle across this is a multidisciplinary field so that is the thing which is enable me stay in one field but i still have the flexibility to do many different things yes you're not gonna be, get bored anytime soon no no no, no. that's for sure <laughs> and um Every time I open LinkedIn or any newspapers today, it's all about how governments and organizations are planning to reskill their workforce for um, to, to be able to work with data, to understand um, data, and to be able to be uh, data scientists or to work with data science. So, what what do you see is um, exaggerated in that, in that those statements, and what is true? What is it that people that are in the workforce, in the corporate sector, or not-for-profit, or public sector, what do they need to know about how their work is going to change uh, in the next, let's say, three to five years that they would need to adjust their skills for? I think this is the two things, right? And it's so um, prior, although we are still in the COVID-19 um, pandemic, but the data science and the machine learning and the AI went through a hype through in, in the past five years. So that's, you see a lot of gadgets and a lot of fancy things came out and you see on the YouTube and you see on anywhere. But there is not, not many of them actually being successfully productionized and be used broadly and also the value for a broader sense of business have been realized. So this is a part where I say, you know, people they don't really understand uh, the depths or there is only the part. So I got questions say, what do you say the data science mission or your AI for this, for my company? That's a question quite often. And I think people were, think about it, or I would say, you know, that this is a hype 
However, and more and more organization have realized that data is really, really the key for them to make the business moving forward. So because the data actually, so I can tell you that some, even during the COVID time, there are a lot of historical patterns and uh, what you understood, it, it, it doesn't exist anymore. So then, and the people are making guess, and based on the experience, same, same problem apply to the machine learning models they build, because machine learning models are built based on the historical data. And a lot of people, a lot of people who work in the industry, in the company, they have their knowledge before this different situation, like, you know, so now they are actually asking for, say, we want, that's our strategy. However, we need to have the data to analyze what is happening before and what is happening now to work out a strategy, a data-driven strategy. Okay. So that's the part where um, I think in a, in, in, it is true. So now I, 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 I'm seeing, uh, looking around and hearing a lot, the companies realize and asking for data. And also they are not being so many. A good a change I can see is before they have their set mind, you know, mindset or hypothesis. See, can you validate this? They're just using the data to validate their hypothesis mm -hmm. or their what they want to do. They'll say, okay, I did this. Can you validate and uh, so prove I'm right? right? So now, and there is a shift. So this is a, there is a shift to people where come to you with open questions. So here is my problem. Mm -hmm. Here is my problem statement. Are there anything you can see from the data and help us to give us some insight? And are we working through to build a strategy and adapt quickly? Yeah. So that is the part I think, you know, it is I, I, I certainly see in the last few couple months. Yes, I find it fascinating. And when I think of data like that, I don't see it so much as a, um, a STEM only issue. I see it as something that could really include professionals from other areas like um, from sociology, anthropology, psychology, education, um, to help businesses and R&D organizations develop better ways to collect and analyze data, correct? I don't see that discussion happening a lot in, in Australia at the moment. I see it overseas and I see it being action, not just discussed by action overseas, but not here. Um, what do you think about that? And the recent announcement, for example, that um, some of the humanities courses would have a bigger hex fees than the courses that are STEM related. And it just feels like there is this disconnect between that need to have a more holistic approach to um, how the data science as a program of, 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 of a thing that needs to be developed more holistically will have to be done in Australia. Am I right? Sorry, I'm rambling yeah. a bit, but no, no, that's fine. So I, I can break this down. So this is a big topic. There's a few things you covered. So a the the this I think uh, let let's let's remove. Let's talk about. The one you mentioned about the government, I think that's the, you know, the, uh, the changing phase structure and that's in order right. to attract students into university and to try to balance it right. So that is the one thing I think um, I won't, I, I, I don't think that's, I think this is a temporary, looks like it's a um, tactical thing government uh, proposed. Mm -hmm. And then to by addressing this, it is true. Any um, any actions they they are doing, I think this especially now during the COVID nineteen. Um, I I don't know what's the what the policy is. You know how how they planned in the long term. Yes, but the the intention is to try to balance and bring more people who work um, uh, STEM related 
So I think I I always say intention is good, mm-hmm. but how they're going to roll out and how the you know the impact will you know they take four years for the graduate and how the job market nice. to land and it will will take a longer time for us to realize. However. Okay. Yeah, and so the the other topic you were talking about, is, which is definitely true, I think data and also data science is not only a STEM limited. So the uh, for example, the STEM limited, and um, um, for example, the ethics, right? The data ethics, and I almost I attended a few discussion and um, panel discussion talk about how shall we teach the programmers ethics? And I said, yes. And, and um, I will say, I will uh, promote that. And for it's uh, not only the governance, it's the ethics because you're not a robotic, right? So this is, uh, so I think in one way, you have to um, get people who are working on the data science to know more because awareness of you, what the data science people are working on and what the model you produced could have downstream impact in the society, which is if you are not aware, if you cannot work in um, isolated like a real robot, right? So if you tell me and then to write A, I will write A, although the A, if I write A in my code and I'm going to have a consequences to punish somebody else, which is unfairly. So that is need to, we need to, um, I think, um, infuse. I think this is a, we really need to bring that's the other um, disciplines and into the people who are working in data science. In the meantime, the data science, or maybe let's talk about the data, is a broader, it's much broader because I think in many of the STEM uh, disciplines and then they heavily being technical mm-hmm. and you have to use, you, you have to work using data and you have to collect the data and you prove it, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a many, a lot of humanity and a so, um, social science and also the philosophical questions. It's not something which is you, uh, you are using data to prove a theory. It is different to the discipline is different, however. And it, the, the data, what you are collecting and um, like the election, you know, in the social science. (laughs) So they're very data-driven. They are very data-driven. You know where to actually to promote. Mm -hmm. And then they are doing the exercise in driving the social uh, movement even with where you, if you have your data and you have um, insights and you can be more targeted, orientated. Yes, yes. It's fascinating. Um, so basically, we now live in a world where data is king. Data is going to be used to um, help us live better. And also, it could steer us in different directions and the idea of having data scientists trained in ethics is a good one because it allows the issues to be picked up at that um, ground level right how much um, you know from a leadership position and that that level of seniority and where the strategies are being made so how much is that part of the discussion at that level as well i think this is a, again is a mixed bag mm. and uh it's a, quite often is a by um industry as well right so some of industry they do have a lot of um i think where uh, financial industry, especially in Australia, is quite uh, uh, is ahead of um, many other. Uh, we're not talking about the tech industry. Um, the reason is they have a lot of regulations, and um, they do have a lot of tough, uh, very strict um, rules applied, right? And but in many other um, markets where other industry perhaps is not. Mm-hmm. So the you will say I, at least in my observation the other uh, um, major uh, financial um, industry the players and then they are 
in Australia, they are ahead of a curve compared to other industry. Okay. Realize realize that data is really important, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that they will. Um, so this, for example, NZ the um, CDO just got you know promoted to the executive level, which is mm-hmm. important to the CEO. So you can see that is the the importance of the have they realize this role or this function is really key for the organization to moving forward. Yeah. Uh, do you find sometimes people um, in organizations don't see a problem as it being a data driven problem? I will give you an example. I am. I also work as a consultant, and I was once. Um, um, called upon a, a large organization in Australia to come in and help them deal with a cultural, I'm doing um, this <laughs> to show that it's not, it wasn't cultural, a cultural issue where there was a lot of duplication of work being done by different departments mm-hmm. and they wanted me to come in to facilitate some discussions between those individuals that had similar jobs in different departments and they were, dupli- they were duplicating work uh, for the organization and I said that's great I'd love to come in can I bring my colleague so I in the consultancy I have uh, Diego who is an expert in robotic process automation can I bring um, an RPA uh, consultant who is a colleague of mine just to observe and see if there's any opportunity for us to discuss that and they said oh no 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 this is a cultural issue for sure <laughs> it's not it's not it we don't need an rpa expert and they they surely did they did it was completely an issue that the organization was so big and diverse and having some sort of cheap um you know bot system working there um would be much easier than trying to convey to all of these different individuals that they were duplicating work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people have this misunderstanding that something like RPA would just replace everyone's jobs. Uh, when in fact, none of those individuals that were quite senior in their roles had that specific task as part of their job description. So they weren't actually doing what they were supposed to do, which was a much more creative relationship management type role in bringing in new business and doing business development because they were bogged down into, you know, doing all of this paperwork in the background and they were all doing very similar um, things uh, across different departments. And I thought that was really a fascinating business example of a misunderstanding between what's a cultural problem and what's potentially just an efficiency um, data solution that could step in and, and resolve that. I think this is a very, actually, it, this kind of a situation happens not only on the level you, were, you described, and it, is a, it happens everywhere. I can tell you, so it happens everywhere, mm-hmm. and um, this is a few things I always say. You um, people, well, if you, um, I think I re- referring to the other. Um, I'll, I'll, I will bring back to the data science is a team sport. So what the um, situation you described is also is uh, you have to put on a holistic way of look at people and a process and a monitor, monitor and a validate. So that's, you have to bring them together. So just like you see, if it's a, if it is culture problem, they, they, because they haven't been, perhaps I'm just guessing, they haven't been really exposed. Oh, the natural fear is if you bring something else, a, a new idea, a new technology or new data in, mm-hmm. and I'll be replaced. So, but that is it's naturally people, you know, the people will always get, say it's a first, um, anything new or they don't know yeah. and if they say okay into the frightening mode yeah. right so in the frightening mode and there will be resistance mm-hmm. so that's where they say but he, this is I, I think 
there the more you are actually that's quite often that I, it's very funny i think in a way where i do the data science or i do data strategy and people ask me what's the challenge i say change management <laughs> and bring people on the journey to have the mindset change or open mindset be ready yeah. and also not to be afraid and uh, we are not threatening anyone we are just to bring everyone on the journey yeah. Um, and we're going to work toward the same goal and more efficiently. That is a, that's the part where I, I would say, you know, that's quite often happen. Uh, it, it happened a lot. And yeah. um, you can see this same situation uh, for uh, data and analytics. They, um, they happen in the middle between yeah. business and technology right yeah so it's like i would say sometimes i joke with people say we are purple people because there is a blue group and it's a red group yes. so we sometimes we sit with the group we are green and sorry we were sitting with the blue group and uh, we're called often is a technology but we need to deliver the value and uh, which is a business side so I say, you know, there isn't something where it's said, well, you know, my, my team quite often ask me, say, hey, Catherine, we're in demand, but we just have too many things pulling us apart. They don't really have the marriage, you know, they, they need a good, good marriage to put into in one picture. I think, uh, which is, I think it is fascinating for me. I love data analytics because we, we get a chance to work in both sides. And and that's great. That that's a great segue to this next question, which is this: um, If you have lost your do job in 2020, and you are thinking and reading about uh, data science, data analytics, the importance of this for the corporate sector, and you're thinking about reskilling, is there still time for somebody mid-career to make a shift and pivot to? Um, join, you know, the, the team sport that you talk about? Or is it too late? Is it something that you have to do very early on as soon as you get out of high school and, and do your undergrad and, and then start early? I don't know. There is this, there used to be a time when, you know, only very young people were sort of considered for roles. I don't know if it's still the same. I think uh, um, this on to your question is yes and no. Mm. So always, so this is so the watch the community. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I worked with uh, many volunteers, and finally we actually uh, just soft launched our uh, community over many years. We have been working only once a year, but now we have a community for support of women in data science and uh, analytics. And um, that is the part where we want to change career. Mm -hmm. And um, they always ask me, say, is we are not the school students anymore. And uh, we are either taking um, some courses online. And uh, is this too late? My answer is no, never too late. So that's um, because if we there, but I ask them, why do you want to change? Okay, so that is a in, so that never be too late. And also, this is individual situations very different. So if you are coming from uh, art and you say, well, you know, I want to change to data science, yeah, and uh, I to say go for it, and uh, but it will be harder now. Yeah. Yeah, right. So that's what would make more sense? What would make more sense? What professions are sort of an, an easier transition into data science? I think a transition in data science and from the data analytics, you know, so you're, so I'm talking about now COVID-19 because you, you frame the question as a in 2020, yeah. right? We are in this reality. A lot of people, and I think, uh, I think uh, maybe the number of Victoria unemployment was 7.5. Mm -hmm. And it went up every record high. So this is an unprecedented error. And we all here in a very, very uncertain environment. So I think in the, um, with the uncertainty we have, and um, my, um, my recent advice to people say, don't make dramatic change because you are on the market where too many people are competing with for the limited job.
Mm-hmm. And um, so that's I can see from many. Um, it doesn't mean that you cannot change, right? So it, then this is then back to your uh, question: is which are the professions and easy to move into the data science? So data science is a broader case in there. You can be the data analyst. So from the business end, but you have been doing a lot of data, touching on the data. So that's as there it depends on where do you want to work in your data science, what part of the data science you want to work. And so it's a very theoretical part of model building. Then perhaps you need to take longer. You know, it will take longer. You have to understand the algorithm. And yeah. so a lot of um, there are statistics. It's not just by I do an online course in 20 days mm-hmm. and it will happen. So yeah. that will be hard. But if you are coming from a, a team um, where um, data engineers, a lot of data engineers, or maybe people who are working on the technology and they already play around with the data, then they can actually start tapping into the data engineer. Then from data engineer, you work with data science project then you can get in, right? So that is you already start building the, so from business side and from the technical side. Mm-hmm. So that's the part I would say, um, yeah, there's a few places, a few, a few directions you can approach. Yes. So I would, I would uh, summarize as this. So if you come from a, um, a background um, that has, um, data already it's a matter of just progressing into that but if you're coming from something outside it's it's a much bigger transition that would require a much bigger career transition possibly a master's or even you know a longer time for you to to transition into data analytics but it would be an investment for let's say 10 years right it's something that you could do for a year, study, and then um, move into that profession with a, a, a longer-term goal, not something that you can do right now for 2020. Yes. And uh, so often with my mentees, and I ask them, say, you know, um, go to do a gap analysis. Now I'm very well known for the gap analysis now. Um, so I asked them, uh, actually I learned from one of my ex-colleagues as well to, to be specific and um, that is my very systematic way to think through. So I say you do a gap analysis of what you are good at, right? What skill do you have? And uh, what are the skills they listed on the uh, job description? And uh, also what... Um, part of the gap in how much effort you need to put in. Mm-hmm. So that's um, then you find somebody who are in that job and talk to them. It's you you invest a lot, then you get into the job and they say, no, that's not what I want. So um, yeah. then that is not going. You won't feel happy. <laughs> yeah. So that's the part where um, people really need to do a lot of homework at the moment. Yes, yes, I agree. And, you know, um, you do a lot of uh, mentoring and you have just set up Addis Tribe, as you mentioned before. Um, And I have invited you on this podcast mainly because of all of the amazing um, posts that you do on LinkedIn with graphs that do um, explain a lot of um, statistics about the profession and you do some um, um, analysis of gender and um, by country and by profession and by age uh, about how um, men and women progress in careers in data science. So what started that? What, are those graphs yours? Did you, do you put them together? So yes, and um, so I worked with uh, one of my mentee and a co-author, and uh, so we uh, scrapped this data. is a public data, and I always have been um, advocate for. I want to say 
Look, I, I am a female data scientist. When I came back and four year, came back to Australia four years ago, and then we were talking about okay, there are how many female in your industry? And um, they quite often they ask us, uh, um, what is the how hard to get a job and um, uh, where you are and um, all this background. So that's the part where um, when I started working with one my co-author and um, so I said, okay, let's pull out this data. We we are data professionals and um, I love visualization because um, I, I love as much as I love um, uh, the uh, analytical part where the, you know all the algorithms to be honest with you and then that is hidden but uh, eventually what you produce you need to tell story so unless you tell the story and it's hard to get into people's head and uh, however when you talk and when you are putting the uh, right articles. But uh, I think if you visualize it, a lot of people, it's just a very visual. You, so if you put the uh, visualization there, and people get it straight away, and they get the concept. Yeah. So yeah, and so we use, uh, we use a tech tableau to build that, and then did all the data manipulation, then frames the, 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 it's a long, actually, it's a part-time project, it took a long time for us to pull out together. I can imagine. And of all of the data that you've analyzed so far, comparing um, professions by gender and age in each country, what were the most surprising to you? What did you find out by manipulating and using that data that you didn't know before? Oh, well, I think, um, um, I, I think one thing I didn't know before is about the career, how active female data scientists compared to male data scientists on the job market mm -hmm. and across industry and their activities. Okay. Yeah, so that's the part um, where um, I find this is very interesting in, uh, in a way. If you look at the technical skills, um, uh, that's technical skills for, from what's the data. We, we use the public survey data or from 2015 and to 2019, mm -hmm. um, which is across different countries. And um, tech, so female has... Uh, female and the people who actually put data scientists as their profession, they overall, they have higher educational backgrounds than male. Right. And overall, they have um, higher, they have more technical skills um, in terms of programming. Yeah, yeah overall, they have, um, they, they have more technical skills and then they have higher education background, mm. you know, qualification. But they are less, um, they get less paid compared to, they get less paid compared to their male peers. And also they are not active in terms of job hunting. If you look at the one of the graphs I put it there, uh, for male data scientists and across different industries, it's just like a spider web and like snakes and uh, all over, they try different things. They are, they are all over the place looking for work and the women aren't. No, women are not. Yeah. And the women, not, the women are stable and uh, there are only men, a few streams of this, you know, approach they're coming on, uh, uh, looking, they're very stable. And, I remember uh, that graph because I looked at it and I wasn't wearing glasses. <laughs> and even without glasses, I understood immediately what it meant. <laughs> Because I was like, yes, this is exactly what I see. And I, I don't think that it is unique to data scientists. It's amazing that they don't invest in themselves that way and don't see their careers in the same way that men do. Um, and I wonder if it's about the family or it, if it's something else. What do you think based on well, the fact that you've been managing large teams of people for a long time? Well, it is interesting to hear that you say this is not only the data science. Actually, the, for the data science uh, field, I would sus I would expect it less than uh, what I have seen from uh, my chart, because people really uh, for um, for the group of people, especially female, to make it to data scientist field, it's not that easy. 
it's it's really well, that's why he said well unicorns right and it's it's re- really i think uh, it's not that easy to get into the data science field and uh, especially during a certain time yes and uh, once you uh, so my impression was uh, my hypothesis was okay so they make this they push so hard and then they will be more aggressive yeah. but Certainly not. Certainly, it's not as aggressive as men in the same field. Oh, we are generalizing, of course. You know, yeah. I have wonderful female clients that are very proactive and very ambitious, and have signed on the spot and all of that. But ma- the majority of the time, women do tend to be reluctant about investing in their careers. Yeah, and I think for data science, I can say something even from my own experience and from other people who I'm coaching or I'm, you know, not coaching, mentoring. So, for for data science, um, especially, that's you need invest a lot. It's not like um, I'm not saying that's a, a traditional um, a profession. I'll give you an example, yes. uh, accounting, right? So the accounting, I'm not saying they don't put much effort, but when I talk to my friends and who we develop our career at the same time. And so she got a CPA and um, I, so I didn't really get a CPA. I didn't go for it. It's stable. So there are not many changes. Like it is not going to today and the taxation change and it will minor, marginal, right? Good and point. So, yeah, and so yeah. That, the, the change, I tell you, so, well, the IT technology change is fast, mm-hmm. right? The business and AD is quick. However, and amplifies the degree of change if you do data science. Right. So to cope with the change, that if you don't really, at least it depends on where do you want to play, you know, say, oh, I'm comfortable with, I'm right, I know how to write this. Perhaps you the one will last long, and and so if you I, I remember one of my chart and then there was like when women and a female and a male in the data science I think around twenty five year twenty age twenty five to thirty, a lot of more female than male, mm. right? And a much much more and even compared to technology and mm. so there is a, a, perhaps is excitement and they were really driven. However, once you move to the 35, perhaps it's the birth, you know, um, children, family time, and the reduced dramatically. Yeah. And uh, similar as others. But I was surprised to say, actually, that there are much higher proportion for female compared to male in data science in that, in that uh, age group. Okay. I think that to um, make it easier for people that are listening, I will post uh, the the illustrations on the episode show notes. Would that be okay with you? Yeah. You get that data there so that people yeah. can look at them and see what, what you mean and what we're talking about. That would be yeah. Actually, I was thinking because I, you know, while I'm working on that, I was working on each of dimension, each area topic, and I post it. I'm thinking I will consolidate all of them into one article so then people get a better picture. Oh, that would be great. Yes. Yes. If you can do that in the next two, three weeks, that would side with uh, <laughs> I would do that going up so that's great um, the other thing that you did with that was fantastic was a list of questions that people should ask employers when they go for job interviews and I thought that was brilliant I thought that the, that list was so good that even if you're not a data scientist let's say you're a lawyer you should just change the words and and you know ask those same questions anyway that's a great list how did you come up with that oh thank you and actually I think where I did so many um so many interviews yeah, <laughs> yeah I and myself I, I have done a lot of interviews myself and I interviewed so many people yes so you you've uh, both been a candidate and you uh, you've, you've been a hiring manager as well yes and uh, I push them um, uh, you know um but from both sides and especially from the um, uh, in the recent years and the, the reason uh, I mean for that is I wish I could help the candidate better mm. and uh, is um it is more because I know as uh, from the from my experience in some i 
Um, I think in, uh, I'm, I, I'm helping, I'm still helping a lot of my mentees to prepare for the interview mm-hmm. and then pro- provide the reference. And it's quite often they say, well, they don't really know what to ask. And also there is the way of, um, I thought, okay, I, if I, you know, give you, I, I do think this is a two way, um, don't be too eager and, um, of just jumping somewhere you don't want to um, stay mm-hmm. at all. You won't stay. So it is not, it is a beneficiary both. So benefits both sides. Yeah. So you're going to see the churn rate for data scientists stay in one organization. It's really, really high. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really, really high. So data scientists jump around and, and to the, there is a reason that is that quite often you can see I would say you can attract candidates, but it will be hard to retain them. Right. And so that's the part where I thought, well, you know, this is a two-way where and from, uh, you know, from the, from the um, uh, interview from the company, they can use this question to frame what they were, you know, looking for and think about it. Um, maybe not many of them think through, um, but for the candidates, that is a good to for them to get into this field you get what you want or less disappointment or you know being more realistic where you're going go for yes that's a that's a that's great for every profession but i can imagine that especially for data scientists that's really important for them because for them more than for others um there's such high demand for them that they can pick and choose, like you said, and find the best fit for them so that they don't keep moving around as much. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Now tell me, how is working remotely going for data scientists? Is it easy to work from home when you have team spread out, working with data that's sometimes sensitive, working from home? Is that something that's sustainable? I think, you know, uh, I work with a broader team. So my team had, um, I, for this current team, I don't really have many data scientists with us, you know, that we just didn't, haven't built it yet. Um, so we were, I think most of the data professionals and uh, I spoke to within the organization or beyond or my peer or my, you know, uh, other people who I know, looks like working okay. Yeah. And as long as the, you know, the, as long as the system connectivity for the system where they can get hold of the data, they can use the software and also they can uh, understand the question, uh, you know. So I, I think uh, uh, I haven't really heard much complaint, be honest with you, from the data professionals. Yeah. And, and Catherine, do you have any last um, advice or tips or ideas that you would like to share with the listeners, people that are looking for work, they could be the data scientists or maybe they're just interested because they might work with data scientists, they might be colleagues or bosses of people that deal with data. Do you have any advice for them? I think uh, my advice is to um, be patient of, you know, be patient if you want to do data science. It's not something uh, like a, a learning two line, few lines of code and you can become, you know, you, you can pick it up straight away and then be a professional data scientist and be patient and um, um, realistic. And then, so this is a part where they were perhaps they will need more uh, investment compared to other professions. Mm-hmm. So the other part, I would say, don't be afraid. So that's, and don't be afraid. It's, it not only it doesn't matter what gender you are, you know. So I will strongly also encourage that if I can leverage, use your platform as a um, encourage more female, they use this time and it, so to to learn to get hands on the data. You may find it that is interesting, and you don't have to have deep understand or you know the depth skills um, for data manipulation or these skills, but you still can work with on this direction. So yeah. on the, in data science field. So the other thing I would say, the thing is that you uh, stay engaged, stay engaged where is you will uh, find 
or some project to do. And uh, by doing, by learning, or mm -hmm. learning by doing. So yeah. if you just do, if you just learn some concept and you don't do it, and um, I, I would say um, the, the more times I burn my hands, actually, the, the more learning and I again. Yes, I think that that application of what you're learning is so important for new yes. concepts, isn't it? Especially. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it's, a great advice. Yeah. I'm going to add to the episode show notes also um, a post that I just thought of, which you did, and it's a list of books that people can read. Okay. I'm going to add a couple of books to that. I will make a comment and add a few books as well. <laughs> Yes, you read so much. And yeah, I would love to have I, I don't list. read a lot about data analytics, but I, I love that. Yeah. Oh, one <laughs> thing I really want to um, say is um, we did some really good work. Um, I do think so. And then now uh, as a project, I work with another uh, one of my mentee and um, getting into this space. And she is a very well-established uh, um, researcher already uh -huh. in the, uh, in the um, um, computer vision but not exactly we worked uh, we are still working on COVID-19 and so we published two articles already and then one is looking at Australia um, Australia's COVID and then compared nice. to other countries and then the second article we look at the I mean we published as um, what kind of measures is timing really matter so we're working on another one so that's hopefully can help people to read. When do you sleep? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that was, it was lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. And I will make sure all of those links are in the episode show notes so people can <laughs> link with you and join Adam's tribe. Adam must be so proud that there is a, a social enterprise now named after her. You have to name another one after your son as well. Otherwise, it could be a fight there. <laughs> I, I know Leo said you cannot just do it for your daughter. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> nice talking to you, Catherine. Yes. Yeah, really enjoyed chat. I hope you found this episode useful and that it helps your job hunting and career plans. Don't forget to subscribe and follow me on social media and on your favorite podcast app. And please join the Reset Your Career community so I can send you free tools and resources to make your career advancement more successful. See you next time.